Exodus chapter 12, verse 31. If you have it, say, mm-hmm. Verse 31 says, During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron, said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds, as you have said, and go. And also, just before you leave, though, can you do something? Can you bless me? Isn't that funny? How even your enemies, they don't like you. They just want to be blessed by you. It's crazy, huh? Then it says in verse 33, The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people. And they gave them what they asked for. Now look at this. So they plundered the Egyptians. We always talk about how the Egyptians drove out the Israelites, but we really never talk about how the Israelites plundered the Egyptians before they went into their new season. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Have your way. Oh, this is your, your pulpit, your, your message. Just want to be an open, broken vessel as a messenger. Have your way. In Jesus' name. And we all said, before you're seated, give your neighbor a hug and tell him it's a new season. New season. I thank God for the opportunity to be able to preach and share with you uh, as your pastor, as a shepherd here within this time. We've had many seasons together, and I love that. This is a great opportunity. I've been having a great opportunity the past couple days to talk one-on-one -on -one with our leaders. And, man, I love our leadership. I really do. Uh, seeing all our leaders, everything, and all the, uh, uh, you know, the, the struggles that they've been through and yet still here, it's a powerful thing. Matter of fact, if... You were to go to many other churches and many other denominations within uh, America, I would say about 95% of our leaders would not be a leader in any other church. They just wouldn't be because they were disqualified. They've been disqualified. Uh, many of our leaders have gone through things and been involved in, in shackles and chains, not in the spirit, but in the physical. Uh, they have uh, been separated some of them twice or three times before uh, from whatever it might be. Their son or daughters are not living with them. So that, all these things disqualify many people in leadership in other churches. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't, matter of fact, I would say uh, many of us, even within our education department, we, we're not qualified. There's just not a qualification. But I thank God for a ministry such as this, for a people that were not a people, but God says, I will deliver you. And not only that, not only will I deliver you, but I got something for you. Oh, that alone should make you happy right there. That's, that alone, like, just think about that. Not only am I going to take you out of the addiction, I got something for you. Not only am I going to take you out of that bitterness, out of that depression, out of that oppression, but I got something for you. See, you may think that, man, I just, I just want to be saved. And that's good, and that's great. God does want to save you from drowning, 
but he also wants you to live in royalty. That's awesome, and I love that. It's not in my notes. I just wanted to share that just because I love our leadership. There's a story of a man that was looking for the perfect wife. And in this story, this man, he told me that he needed to find someone who was beautiful, was kind, loving, and very spiritually oriented. And yes, guess what? He found such a woman. But for whatever reason, it didn't work out. He had said the reason was that she was so spiritual that she could not easily relate to practical things in the material world. Then he found someone else who, for him, he said, she's perfect. She was beautiful. She was kind. She was loving. She was intelligent, organized, and practical in material affairs. She was just what he was looking for. But for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So I asked him, I said, why? He said, because she was so practical that she didn't really need him so much, and she really ended up being a bit of a nag and always telling him what he should do. So instead, he moved on, and he was still looking for the perfect woman. Then he found the perfect woman. She was beautiful. She was kind. She was loving, intelligent, organized, practical in material affairs, and she was very well spiritually inclined. She was a perfect balance. No one could be better. She would make just what he was looking for, even into the perfect wife. So I asked him, did you guys get married? And he said, no. I said, why not? He says, because she was looking for the perfect husband. Ouch. Listen to me. Stop looking for the perfect season. Stop looking for it. When the season's right, I'm going to get involved. When the season's right, I'm going to lift my hands. When the season's right, I'm going to come to church all the time. When the season's right, I'm going to start tithing. My friend, if you're looking for the perfect season, you're going to miss it. You're just going to miss it because you're looking for perfect conditions, perfect activities. It's got to be perfect. When, my friend, you got to understand something, that God already knows exactly the season you're in, and he has made you good and perfect. He has a good and perfect will just for you. It's not about the season. It's about God's will for your life. And when you find that will, then everything around you is just perfect, no matter if things are going crazy. Now, I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where things are going crazy. And the reason why I call it crazy is because I can't control it. Is anybody else like that? Okay, maybe I'm the only one. But, man, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I wish I could control things. I wish I could control my children. I wish I could just tell them, stop doing that. And then guess what? They would stop doing it. Be perfect. I only had to say it one time. And they would look at me and go, Dad, because you told me in a loving way, I'm going to stop writing all over this wall. Oh, but it feels so good. But instead, guess what happens? 
I say, stop doing that. And they go, you mean this? What are you, t- I have no idea what you're talking about. You mean stop getting this food and putting it all over the wall? Is, is that what you mean? I wish we could tell people, stop talking about me like that. You mean talking about you like this? How ugly you are to me? You mean like that? How horrible that dress you're wearing is? You mean like that? It would be nice if we could say, stop talking about me. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. And then people would listen. But for whatever reason, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work that way. See, you must understand. You and I must understand that there's a reason for your season. I don't know why it's working out like that. I don't know why it's tough and difficult to get up in the morning and go to work and clock in. I don't know why your family's talking about you the way that they are. I don't know why. But my friend, I do know what God is trying to do with you. He's trying to perfect you in the middle of that season. It may not be perfect, but it's perfect for you. Some of you guys are going to catch that on the way home right there. The season may not be perfect, but it's perfect for you. Tell your neighbor, it's perfect for you. See, the reason for every season in your life, now catch this, it's very important. This is a key word. It's called growth. It's called growth. Somebody say growth. See, now, a season is marked out by a period of time according to conditions and activities based on temperature, weather, uh, uh, things that are happening in your surroundings. That's what a season is. It is a period of time. Somebody say period of time. Now the season, and a new season in particular that we're talking about, a new season is not here to introduce you to a new him, but to introduce you to a new you. That's what the season's for. Well, I've never done it like that. Exactly. We're trying to get a new you. Well, I've never went there. Exactly. We're trying to get a new you. Well, I don't talk like that. Exactly. We're trying to get a new you. We're trying to get rid of the old talk so we can get a new talk. Are, are you hearing me here today? Are, are, are you seeing where I'm going with this? We're, there is, we are trying to get a new you. Well, that's not me. Exactly. God is putting you in a season to get a new you. Not the old you. We don't want to produce the old you. The old you is already produced. That's done. That's over with. But now, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. New wineskins, new wine, new seasons. And listen, listen to this. New victories. God bless all one of you. New victories. New victories. New victories. New blessings. Some of you got to catch that on the way home. See, the thing about growth and that you got to recognize in the season of growth is that understand this about the word growth, is that growth will always uncomfort you before it blesses you. Growth will always uncomfort you before it blesses you. I feel like I should say that all the way until the altar call right now. Growth will always uncomfort you before it blesses you. Now, many of you know, I I share my testimony, even growing up, I grew up playing ball, right? That was my thing. I had family members that were gang members, drug addicts. 
prison, uh, jail, inmates, uh, you know, uh, uh, pimping, prostituting. Like, that was my family. And even still to this day, many of them are involved in still many of those things. So when I was growing up, I saw that, and I didn't look at it in the way of that's what I wanted to do. I looked at it in the way of that's what I'm not, I don't want to do. So I attached myself to something. This is what you got to realize. There may be things that you look at and you say, I don't want to do, but you're still going to attach yourself to something that you want to do. It's a matter of what do you want to do. I want to come to church. I want to bless the Lord. I want, are you understand, understanding what I'm saying? No matter how you may look at it, I don't like that. Well, you're going to like something. You're going to have to serve somebody. So when I was growing up, I wanted to play ball. And I remember my first year of varsity baseball. I was a freshman. I played varsity as a freshman. And I was there, and I'll never forget our first time going out there. Now, I had been playing ball already for some time. I played ball since I was five years old. Here I am. I'm 14 now. I've been playing for nine years. There's a routine that you do. And every routine, no matter if the coach is there or not, you go out there and you stretch. You get ready. You prepare yourself for the practice that is to come. That's what you're supposed to do. So here I am, 14 years old. I'm excited. I'm there, right? There's about a good 40 guys on the field, right? We always stretch across the third baseline. We're there. We get in a circle, and, you know, there's always that one senior, like, okay, guys, everybody go. Let's, you know, let's get ready. All right, come on, let's do it. And we're there. And I remember we start stretching. We're there, and we're stretching. We start getting the ball. We start tossing the ball. And then here comes the coach. And the coach comes up, starts giving us all these expectations. Okay, guys, it's a new season. This is what I expect. Gonna do this, and we're you know we're all just on one knee, right? All ball players, we're on one knee. We're there, and we're just listening. All right, cool. And then he says, "This is what I expect. I expect you to work hard. I expect you to do this. We're gonna play as a unit. We're gonna play as a team." And I'm there, like, "Yeah, all right, man. Ooh, man, oh, it's gonna be good. Oh man, I cannot wait for hitting. I cannot wait to throw somebody out. I can't wait to strike somebody. Like I just couldn't wait in my mind. Like, yeah. So then, at the end of his speech, he goes, "Okay, are you guys ready?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Okay, drop your gloves." And run. I'm like, all right, I could do that. Boom. So, what do we do? We take off running. That's a big field, right? Now, if you know anything about baseball fields, they're big fields. So, you're running. Now, the thing is, no cheating. Don't go inside the lines. You stay outside the home plate. You run all the way around. You touch pole to pole. That's how it works. Pole to pole, you come, and then you come back. So, we're doing it. We're running. And we get back, and guess what he says? Run again. All right. Kept running. For three hours straight, we ran. Didn't touch a ball, didn't touch a glove, didn't touch a bat. What the heck? I came here to be a ball player. I came here to strike somebody. I came here to hit home runs. You want to hit a home run? Run. Just run. You can't hit a home run if you don't know how to run run and we ran and we ran and we ran and we ran I'm like what in the world is going on here what is taking place you know what I found out is that my coach wanted to see who was going to be lazy and who was going to work hard but the only way he can tell who is willing to get a base hit is first I gotta see at the beginning of this season who's willing to work hard See, the growth that comes in your new season will uncomfort you before it blesses you. You may not like it. Well, I just got to do this again. Yeah, do it again. 
You mean I got to go to prayer again? We just had prayer. I got to pray again? Yeah, pray again. Why can't my daughter get saved? Pray again. Why can't my husband just get it right? Pray again. Why can't my wife just listen to me? Pray again. How come my kids don't just come back to me? Pray again. I don't like this. Exactly. It's trying to uncomfort you. God wants to bless you, but he wants to grow you more importantly. I know you may not like it, but there is a new season with a new victory coming your way. And listen to me, victory outreach hard. Get up and run. Just run. But I'm going to hit a home. I'm an awesome preacher. Good. Run. But man, you should hear me behind the pulpit. I don't want to hear you behind the pulpit. I just want to hear your feet running. I want to hear your knees hitting the floor. That's what I want. That's what you got to do. Just run. Oh, man, that's whack. Well, we're going to find out who's willing to work hard. Who's willing to pray hard? Who has that inside of them? Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready for this new season? Now, to be interested in the changing seasons is a happier state of mind many times than to be hopelessly in love with spring. What do I mean by that? I mean that there's some people that love spring so much, they hate winter. You love spring so much, you can't stand summer. Some of you love love so much that you can't stand haters. And because of that, you don't recognize the season when you get hated on. I think some people are going to catch us on the way home. That's what I think. So that's why you get mad when people hate on you. I don't like this season. It's going to happen. People are going to hate on you. People are not going to like. People are not going to like the fact that you come to church on a Sunday. Why are you doing that on a Sunday? I guess I don't know why. See, if you don't recognize the season, you're not going to like it. You're not going to understand that there's growth coming your way. That's what I love about the song. A fresh anointing is flowing my way. But the thing about an anointing is that in order for you to get anointed, you must first be crushed. That's a whole other message for another time, but that's how the anointing works. There must be a crushing. Either way, there is growth coming. Somebody say, growth is coming. In other words, don't get stuck in one season that in the season for you, there is growth in another. See, if you're going to grow in this one season, you must get rid of a few things from the old season. You might have to get rid of a few habits from the old season. You might have to get rid of a few folks from the old season. You might have to get rid of a few stinking thinkings from the old season. You cannot take that into your new season. God has new victories, but you cannot bring old enemies into this season. See, some of you think, I got enemies, and you're pushing them away, not realizing you're bringing them into the new season. Just leave them alone. Leave them alone. Leave them be. Tell your neighbor, leave them be. Now, here in this portion of Scripture that we're looking at, this is where I'm coming from. This is the foundation of everything that I've been talking about and everything that I'm sharing and I'm going to share. Because this is what the children of Israel were recognizing within their new season. Now, there's three things, and I'm going to give them to you real quick. As a matter of fact, I might not even elaborate on them because I believe God wants to do something at this altar. I truly believe that. 
I sensed it at the beginning when we were worshiping. Did you guys sense that? I sensed it when we were worshiping, and I'm still sensing it right now, that God still wants to do something. So I don't want to take too long with these points. But there was three things that had to happen with the children of Israel as they were entering into a new season, all right? It's three things. Number one, they must realize that they had to change what they ate. You must change what you eat. Change your diet. Change your diet. Remember, this is the church. I don't necessarily deal with physical things. I deal with spiritual. So when I say diet right away, some of you guys might think, well, Herbalife, I'm not talking about that. Change your intake into your soul. Change what you do with that. Change this thing that you have. You know, it's funny, the other day, I was uh, there getting my car fixed, and in the, in the lobby, there of the car dealership, they have TV shows, right? The TV's on, and they have coffee for you and cookies and all that stuff. And as I was there, I don't watch television, let alone during the day. So the television was on, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, all right, I'll watch this. And what I found I guess every half hour or every hour, there is, a, there is a show about judging. I don't know. First show was called Judge Joe Brown. The Judge Joe Brown. Oh, let me tell you. Then there was another show, Judge Mathis, I think it was. Judge Mathis. Then there was another show, Judge Judy. Then there was another show. It wasn't called Judge. It was just called The People's Court. Like, oh, my, all these judging going on. Now, this is the funniest thing, right? I was sitting there watching this, and the lady next to me is all up in it. And she's all like, oh, oh, no, don't do it. Don't Why you say that, girl? Oh, you got to be kidding me. And I'm just watching her like, I don't even want to watch the show. I just want to watch her. Now, if you know me, I strike up conversations all the time, right? And I just started a conversation with her, like, hey, you think that's really going to happen? That's crazy, huh? You think the defendant? You think, you think no, the defendant, really? You think so? I know, huh? That's crazy. <laughs> we were having ourselves a conversation, right? Having a good old conversation. But the thing that I noticed that was kind of striking to me was how much we as a society love judging. We love judgment. We love judgment. Now, this is the crazy thing. Now, listen to me. This is very important because I'm coming from an understanding that you got to be careful what you eat. Be careful what you put inside of you because what goes in will come out. You are what you eat. So if you're constantly eating judgment, guess what's going to come out? Judgment. Always judging. Who does she think she is? Who does he think? Who does he think he is going up there grabbing that mic? Look at him. He don't even know what he's talking about. Shoot. Look at that orange jacket. Thinks he all that in a bag of chips. Always judging. Always judging. Always judging. Now listen to me. This is very, very important. Listen to me, ladies. 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 Listen to me, this is very important. Because as I was there, I started thinking about 
all, the, the reason, the purpose of these shows, who are the ones that are mostly there watching these shows that love the soap operas? I'm not going to lie, but there probably are some guys that watch it. But they're late. As I was striking up, I'm not really into that. But as I was looking, I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. As I'm watching, I go, man, this is pretty compelling. Like, this is compelling stuff. But you know what I have found? Even when you read the scriptures, now this is very important. Paul tells Timothy, be careful of the women in your church that are constantly giving old wives tales. You can read it. I believe it's in 1 Timothy. You can find it there. They're always making up stuff about other people in the church, and they're bringing division. Listen to me, ladies. If you're not careful, you think, well, I'm just being real. You know what you're doing? You're being really divisive. That's what you're doing. You're being really divisive. That's why you got to be careful what you eat. You are what you eat. So when you're watching all this stuff and you're constantly making judgments, I'm not making judgments. I'm just being real. You know what you are? You're being really divisive. And if you're not careful, you can come and these, this judgment, it just comes naturally. It comes at 1030. It comes at 11. It comes at 1130. It comes at 12. Like right on the dot, every half hour, you're ready to make the judgment call. And if you're not careful, it, it's almost like when you walk in the room, you can kind of just hear the bailiff say, all rise. The honorable miss all that in a bag of chips is now in session. And then you sit there and go. Y'all may be seated. Who am I going to judge today? <laughs> oh, yeah, her? <laughs> she ain't been to church in five years, and now she's here. <laughs> We're going to see who the, she thinks she is next. And all of a sudden, you get all these judgment calls. What in the world is going on here? Where, like, where did this come from? Be careful what you eat. Be careful to the family and friends that you talk to. See, because you may think, well, I don't watch those shows, but you listen to the ones who watch those shows, and they feed you, and they feed you. This is the crazy thing. They feed you like a crow so you don't act like an eagle. Wasn't in my notes, but I'm telling you, right? The crows, what do they do? They break it up, and then they put it in your mouth. They give it to you like that. That's how they feed you. Eagles don't. They don't act like that. They don't fly like that. See, that's why you got to be careful who you surround yourself with, who you're getting food from. Where's your spiritual food for thought coming from? Is it Oprah? Is it The View? Is it this guy at your jobs that's telling you all? Some of you guys, you know some jokes, but the only jokes you know are the nastiest ones on this planet. That's the only jokes you know. I got a joke, but I just can't say it in church. Well, because they're feeding you. They're feeding you ugly stuff. They're constantly just driving it in you and making these judgment calls. you got to be very careful, my friend. Listen, if you and I are what we eat, then we need to eat the word of God on a daily. This is our bread, my daily bread. My daily bread. Eat this. Don't eat that nasty garbage all over that television and movie screens. Eat this. Tell your neighbor, you need this. My God. Don't even know why I went there with that one. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. Can I say something else about that? All right, can I say something else about that? 
Last week I talked about fellas, pretty much, right? I said, you know, and if you weren't here, listen to the message podcast. I know all the men were like, dang, Pastor, that's cold. That's, that's cold. But don't get me. That's what the Bible says. Get in his presence, right? Get a job. Be a cultivator. Be a protector. And know God's word. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at Adam. That's his fault. But I began to think about it, and I was like, man, for the ladies in our church. Now, I'm, I say this because I'm recognizing the season. Recognizing the season. And the season we're in, for us, for listen to me, single ladies. Single ladies. See, I say that word, and what do you think of right away? I don't think. So you right away, you're like. So you just eat it. Right? It just comes your way. You just keep eating that. You're eating that. Have you ever been in the mall and you're like, my God, I heard this song like a hundred times. Right? Those things are driven to you. I say this because I'm dr- trying to drive out that diet. I'm trying to give you a new diet. See, the Bible says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Don't read that so quickly. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. Some of you single ladies, you're wondering why you can't find a husband. It's because you're acting like a girl. The Bible says, he that finds a girl, no, he that finds a wife. You want a husband? Start acting like a wife. Start acting like a woman of God. Start acting like somebody who can take care of her responsibilities. Act like a wife. How does a wife conduct herself? Well, what do you do? You look at other wives. How are other women going about it? What are they doing? What are the ones that are in that season? Uh, listen, you want to get into that season, so you got to go look at some seasoned veterans. This is the best seasoned veteran I could think of right here. Look at you want a husband? Stop acting like a girl. You'll stop getting boys. Now, the funny thing is this, is that I say that, and so right, right away when I say girl and boy, you think little kids. But this is what I've learned. Age ain't nothing but a number. Age ain't nothing. Well, they use that to make excuses for their reasoning, right? But what I have found is that age ain't nothing but a number is basically meaning your maturity or your lack thereof. Age ain't nothing but a number. Well, prayerfully, you're going to start learning how to conduct yourself like a woman of God. Now, I say, believe me, as your pastor, I say this all in love, single ladies, because listen, my prayer one day is that you will no longer be single, but you're going to find yourself a, a man of God that can cultivate you. That can cultivate you. Single ladies ain't saying nothing right now. They're like, well, I ain't saying nothing, pastor. I ain't saying nothing. The Bible says, he that finds a wife. In other words, you as a woman of God need to be lost. What does that mean? That means you need to be lost. Lost where? Lost in God's presence. That's where you need to be. Because you don't want him to find you lost in the club. You don't want him to find you 
lost out there in the connections house. That, that's not a good place to be lost. It's a good place to be lost in the presence of God. Why? Because if you're in the presence of God, that's where he's going to find you, and you're going to know he has the presence of God. It's very difficult to go out there, get out the presence, and try to bring him in the presence. Going to go out there. I'm going to make him a man of God. No, you ain't going to make him nothing. Your goodness is not going to overtake his ugliness. I'm going to tell you that right now. You could try and try and try, but it ain't going to work. It's better, might as well just be lost in God's presence. Just get lost in God's presence. All the married women say amen. All the married women say amen. All the single women say amen. Okay, we're going to work on that one right there. Watch what you eat. Watch what you eat. Be careful of what you eat. Now, I talked to the single ladies. Now for the married ladies. They don't want to hear this, huh? That's cool. Should I just make the altar call? Let's make the altar call. Father, I love you. Watch what you eat. The Bible says that he created woman for man. And it says, not the other way around. You as the woman, you were created for your husband. And the Bible says that he made Eve. This is the word that is used. It's broken down. It says, she is a helpmate. She is a helpmate. Well, my husband, he don't do it. He don't know what he's doing. Guess what you're supposed to do? Help him. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, he don't talk to me right. Well, then guess what? Help him. Well, he don't know what he's doing. Guess what? Help him. Why does he keep doing that? I don't know. Maybe because he's an idiot, and that's what you married. <laughs> Just accept it. That's what you did. That's cold, huh? That's cold. <laughs> but it's true. Look at, listen to me, married ladies. You're not a hurt mate. You're not a hurt mate. Don't go around, well, he hurt me, so I'm going to kill him. It doesn't work like that. Well, he hurt me, so I'm going to hurt him. It doesn't work that way. See, God's kingdom is upside down. When people hurt you, guess what? Bless them. When people make fun of you, Talk good about them. It's not right. It's God's kingdom. You want to be first? Be last. Well, that's not right. I was, I was one. I got here first. You want to be the greatest? Be the least. He hurts you? Bless him. What? That's not right. He's supposed to pr protect me. He's supposed to cultivate me. You're supposed to help him. You're supposed to help him. He is supposed to work hard, but you're supposed to help him. He is supposed to protect you, but you are supposed to help him. You are supposed to bless him. You know what the Bible says? That you are supposed to bless him with far more any values than any rubies, than any diamonds, than any gems. That's your value. You must help him realize your value. 
I think some of you get that on the way home. If you ask a man a certain thing, I'll, I'll use a perfect illustration. I'm, I'm a perfect, idiotic illustration. You ladies are supposed to help us to realize the value of you. Very first time I went shopping with my wife, and she shared this the other day, so I'm going to share this. I went shopping with my wife. This, I think, was the very first time. It might have been the very first one. Granted, I was learning. Disclaimer. So we went shopping. I said, yeah, go ahead. Get whatever you want. Had some money. Got blessed. Do it. Let's go for it. So we went out there, and she's looking. I think it was like in a, you know, a Macy's, right? Was it maybe? Right? Was it, and so when we were looking for uh, different, we had purses, wallets, different things that we were looking at. We had the finances, wanted to bless her. So we said, yeah, go for it. So we're there, and if you know anything about guys, or uh, forget guys, me, she's going there, she's shopping. Ooh, that's not, oh, oh, can I see that? And what am I doing? And then right, the first time she went, ooh, can I see that? I go, oh, she's got it. We're done. That's what I thought. Go, oh, can I see that? I went, oh, all right, and we're done. Oh, we're not done. Dang it. She got, oh, we're not done. Dang it. So I was there, there. And then finally, I remember she got this wallet, and she really liked it. It was really nice. And I think the wallet was, I want to say it. A couple hundred dollars might have been selling, but it was a hundred dollars, right? It was a hundred dollars, and I and she brought and she brought me over, and she goes, "Hey, what do you think?" I go, "Well, it's pretty nice." I go, "How much is it?" She goes, "A hundred dollars," and I go, "A hundred dollars." Now I'm gonna be honest. If I'm telling the story, because I am telling the story, I said it quietly. When she tells the story, I said it really loud that the people in the other department stores and the other floor heard everything. So my story goes, $100. Her story goes, $100? Oh, my God! What is wrong with you? How dare you get a hundred dollar wallet? There's so much more we could do with a hundred dollars than that little thing. Oh my God, the world is falling apart. So I give you the translation of her story. But my story went, hundred dollars? The heck? You can buy like five nice wallets with that thing. Get what you want, I guess, whatever. That's how my story went. <laughs> so she puts it down, puts it away, and real nicely, she did, real nicely, she goes, thank you, but I think we're going to go. And she left. And we left. And I go, what happened? What? I thought you wanted a wallet. She goes, mm-mm. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> I, I, before the Lord, I stood there waiting. I stood there. I go, chill, 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 chill. Get the wallet. And she just kept walking. So in my mind, I was like, all right, fine. It's cool. Let's go. 
what I learned, and if I'm being honest, still learning, it wasn't the value of the wallet. It was her value as a woman, as a wife. When you find your wife, you find a good thing. You find a valuable gem. You find a valuable diamond. And the value that they're looking for is not the value of the material. They're looking at the value of the material that they married. Do you value me? Does that happen? And so listen to me. I say this to the ladies. You must realize that as men, we don't understand that. We're still cavemen. We are. Ooh, look, fire. Ooh, ooh, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger. Ooh, I can touch it, I can touch it, I can touch it. Ooh. Now, I say it in a humorous way, but for the ladies, listen to me, hear me out. We laugh, and it's funny. But listen to me, ladies, please, 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 don't laugh, at, don't laugh at your husband. He doesn't know how to value things. He's learning. You have to help him. Teach him. So you think, oh, man, he ain't never going to get it. Well, he maybe didn't get it at that moment, but it's your job to keep giving him more moments until he gets it. And see, and that's, that's exactly why one of the reasons why people want a divorce. They want to separate. He don't get it. Of course he don't get it. He's a caveman. But if you are going to get him out of the cave, help him. You're a helpmate, not a hurtmate. You're a helpmate. He who finds a good wife, finds a good thing. You are the one that's going to help them. Listen to me. I believe that God wants to bring and bring some wives and bring some husbands together like never before. There is a new season that is happening even within the heart of the bay and within Hayward. If it's going to happen in Hayward, it has to happen in God's house has to happen in God's house first. Has to happen here. So ladies, don't laugh at him. Don't poke at him. Don't call him an idiot. Don't call him a fool. See, because you think in your mind, I'm just being real, but you're being really divisive. You're dividing your, you're dividing your family. You're dividing your children. You're dividing, for those of you, you're dividing the stepchildren against their stepdad. See, already many of you went into a division, Right? You, you already went into a division. And if you learn anything about algebra or arithmetic, addition and division, they don't mix. There's not a, because you're not supposed to add. You're supposed to multiply. you got to multiply. So you're going to bring this together and say, okay, how is this going to work? Well, this is what I love. And I'm going to close with this. This is what I love about Joshua. Now I'm going to go back to the guys. Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Fellas, I know your wife is your helpmate. I know she feels like your hurtmate. She feels like, man, what in the world's going on here? But I love what Joshua said. He said, as for me, me, in other words, I'm first. I'm first. You're first. We're first. 
You're first. You're the head. Act like the head. You're it. Act like the, act like the man of God that God has called you to be. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. I know you don't get the value. Because believe me, sometimes I still look at Wallace and go, wow, what the heck? That's crazy. But you know what I've learned? I don't really look at the wallets and look at the price. I look at how does my wife value this thing? And I say that because I've learned. There's been some things where I've, I've even done it before. I, it's really expensive. And she looked at it and go, eh, I don't like that. What the heck? Because I, w- I had to learn. It's not the price. It has nothing to do with the price. It has to do with her value, what she values, what she wants. Oh, okay. I kind of learned from going, ooh, 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 to... All right, I'm going to get this thing. I'm not such a caveman after all. You are what you eat. God had to change the Israelites' diet for them to change who they were. He gave them manna from heaven. That's a part of the message that I was talking about, a manna. They had to change their whole diet. Some of you, in this new season, you want a new you? Change your diet. But I always like watching these movies. Change those movies. But I love listening to this music. Change that music. But these are my bestest of bestest friends. Some of you might have to change your time with them. From quality time, just time with them. You got to change some eating habits. Change the jokes that you listen to. Change those things. Change the people that you listen to. You got to change some habits. Change what you eat. And watch. I guarantee you. You're going to see results. It's a guarantee you're going to see results. I know for many of you, it was a New Year's resolution. I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to be faithful. And you're here on Sunday, but guess what? The enemy's there on Monday saying, that was your last Sunday. You don't need to go back. And no, 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 no. If you would have talked to me like that last year in 2017, I'd listen to you, but I changed my habits. I changed the way I think. There is now, therefore, no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. I'm a new husband. I'm a new wife. I'm a new son. I'm a new daughter. I am made new. We're new. You're new. We're new. It's a new heart, a new season, a new mind, a new heart, a new season, a new mind, a new heart, a new season, a new home. It's new, freshness. It's coming your way. Bow your heads with me here today. Bow your heads with me, Father. I thank you for this time. Bless your people. Bless your people. Bless.